0: The Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns called archetypes by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives.
1: Welcome to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Where have we been? This is Julienne Javeau, and I'm here with... Cinderella Quackenbush. And we've missed you. And it's been, we just counted, eight months.
0: Yeah, we could have almost had a baby in that time, I'm realizing. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> Don't worry, we didn't, but we could have. <laughs>
1: I apologize to any new listeners, but anybody who's been listening to us previously—they're probably laughing their tukuses off right now. So, Darren and I having a baby? Oh, that would be funny. Oh, it'd she'd be, be beautiful.
0: Oh yeah, and very archetypally rich. She'd be smart. Yeah, I
1: hope a little bit of the fool running around. I hope she has your legs. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> a lot of the fools, is obviously. um here with us but so Sandara and i have gotten together because mm-hmm. um we we missed you and we thought it would be a really good idea to just share with everybody what we have been up to um in our uh, professional lives around um, archetypes and images and um, to let you know too that uh, we will be sporadically producing more podcasts talking about the tarot talking about archetypes and and hope we hope to continue to produce some very useful things for you over the coming months so don't get rid of those subscriptions quite yet and one of the things that I thought would be great to talk about today is Cindera, I'm very very excited to talk about these new cards that you have okay so just tell us about these They're cards with these images of stones and each of the stones have Nat what you call naturally occurring imagery, so can we just start there and maybe tell people about where these stones came from and how they ended up on these on these cards
0: yeah it it already sounds totally mystifying i 'm sure <laughs> <laughs> um, and it 's funny that we 've opened this show with uh, this image of pregnancy and children that 's uh, floating around uh, because I feel like in these eight months. Uh, there has been a gestation of this project, uh, which I'm so excited to share with our audience. Some of you may know this. I may have mentioned it in a past podcast, but for those of you who haven't heard the story, um, I received an inheritance growing up um, from my father who uncovered a rare billion-year-old kind of rock from... Uh, that he found walking through Death Valley. And and in fact, the full image is coming through here too. Like he was with a partner walking through Death Valley. And and the way that he's been described, the story has been told in newspapers and such, is that they stumbled upon (laughs) this very (laughs) rare stone. Um, And so bringing it back to their workshops, they sliced through with these diamond saws and they found... Uh, this very intense vivid imagery, which is basically formed from the sedimentary rock and the way that the minerals oxidized over time. Uh, So that when you look at a slice of the stone, you see all kinds of colors and you see the way that um, these colors come together. You can use your imagination and see different imagery in the stones. You can see uh, human beings, you can see animals, you can see landscapes. Um, Maybe some of you out there have seen Picture Jasper, but it's way, way, way more intense and vivid even than that, uh, which you can often see like little landscapes in Picture Jasper. But uh, these really provoke the imagination and provoke a sense of storytelling. So what I've formed since we last met on this podcast is a new organization called Story through Stone and I'm bringing these stones to schools I'm doing workshops with them uh, but the, the, the thing that I'm really excited that's come out from my work with the stones most recently are these cards so the stones have been photographed and I've found rough parallels to the tarot images um, you know you know how much I love. The tarot cards and the major arcana which is what we've covered in our podcast uh, so I thought are there images in the stones that could parallel uh, these images in the major arcana that journey that we just went through with the podcast I, I just wondered if there could be parallels and sure enough I definitely, definitely could some of them are looser par- parallels than others um, but there you go 22 cards beautiful full color photographs Uh, And they make up the story through stone reflection card deck.
1: Okay. And so you just have a lot, a lot there. So I want to, can we, I'm going to rewind back and I'm really super excited. I just got my deck today and I'm, I'm very happy to have them. And there is truly nothing else out there like it. And because of that, I will, I'm i going to ask you a few questions to kind of help our, help our listeners kind of get a better understanding of not only this discovery. I mean, there's, there's a lot symbolically in what you, the story you just told. Your father archetype walking mm. through Death Valley stumbles upon this. Is it just one rock that he found and brought it back?
0: Um, it was a location of rock. So it was... Okay. Um, it was part of the Crystal Springs Formation, uh, which is a uh, certain formation in Death Valley. So there was quite a bit there. And this was uh, far before uh, Death Valley was a national park, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, there were rock hounds and people that were going out there um, to search for art and nature. And um, so he was part of that um that tradition and what was going on in the 70s um, when he discovered it. He, was he had a big beard. A... I have a picture of him jumping off of a mountain, little he was, he was an sandy mountain thing. He was he totally, was... Uh, an, uh, I would call him a, an artist, adventurer. Adventurer, yeah, he was exploring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and he also had that very much that storyteller aspect mm-hmm. to, to him, too. So when he found, when he saw these images in the stone, he was like, this is like a story that. Mother Nature is trying to tell. So he spent the next 20 years of his life, you know, looking at the stone, grinding through, selecting images in the stone, because he wanted to collaborate with nature to tell nature's story. Okay. Yes. And Mm -hmm. this is where anybody listening, um, I just want to let
1: you know, there are going to be links to, um, at the end of this podcast, there will be links so you can go and take a look at these stones. Um, For some of you who are very visual you will really see what we're talking about when, um, something kind of a glimpse of this experience. And at least for me is, you know, when I was a kid, we went to church and the, the benches, the pews were all wooden and I was always seeing things in the wood, in the knots in the wood. And, the, you know, for me as a, you know, creative little kid, and I know a lot of other people, you can start to see things in nature in, you know, the world of the knot in a piece of wood, or the way a leaf is shaped, there's very much a um, a visceral connection for us when we are interacting with the world around us, specifically with with nature. And you know, I'm I, I come from a family too of artists and people who are, you know, working with nature in this way. And so when I see these stones, I'm really you know, it's a natural for me to be able to, to to look at the stone and the way it's polished and presented and immediately see an image. You know, like this looks very much like a magician. You know, this looks like a wise man. And I've worked with you in the workshops that you've done with them. Um, so I really want to kind of share with the people listening that they don't strike me as just being merely happenstance. Oh, this looks kind of like that. There really is a lot more happening. Here And I, I have always sensed since I first met you, Cindera, is that you are, you are really, um, you know, the, the midwife bringing these um, beautiful symbols into the world and to remind people that we are, we are part of something larger and that a stone is not just a stone. There is something that we can deeply relate to it. It's got something for us. There, and there's that
0: birth imagery again. Yeah, I know. I can't avoid it. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad that you bring that up because um, about seeing the images in nature in general because a big thing that I like to uh, cover in the workshop, especially in ending the workshop, is that... Uh, the workshops and working with the stones isn't so much about how great these stones are, or how rare they are, or how special they are, though indeed they are special, but that the important thing to take uh, from seeing something like this is that it's your imagination interacting with nature that's important here. So that when you leave that workshop or interacting with the stones, you can actually take that capacity with you wherever you go. So if Uh, you're walking through a forest or a city street that you can be tied to your environment in a meaningful way by seeing things in it Um, because it's I feel like it's been shown throughout the ages that if we tell stories or uh, see things in the world around us we feel that much more inspired to take care of the world around us Uh, and I think that's something we used to do more before we were I don't know, looking at iPhones so much <laughs> is that we would uh, interact with our environment and we would tell stories about the things that we saw, the way our imagination interacted with that.
1: Yeah, It's, it's almost as if there's, there's two ways to go about it, depending on your, your perspective. And I think both are true. So it's, it's, it's saying the world is alive. It's recognizing that mm. the world is alive and that we are, we are an inherent part of it. And so is this what you would call the other so as you're, inter- you're, you're, you've got this card with this picture of a stone in your hand and you are you're paying attention to it in a way and you're, you're, you're interacting with it of like, oh, what does that look like to me? You're interacting with that image. That image is also symbolic. There's something reflecting, it's mirroring back something that's in you and also reminding you is that it also exists in nature and that you are connected, deeply connected everything around and what you talked about with the technology and iPhones and that a lot of that is it's paradoxical and it's saying oh you're connected but at the same time it's saying you're not really well connected there's a very thin thread connecting you you know your your eye that the battery could go dead and guess what that connection has gone
0: this Mm -hmm. is
1: experientially much deeper much richer process so to kind of go from there, I really would love to hear more about, so we have these cards, so 22 kind of mapping loosely at mm-hmm. times to the major arcana of the tarot. So tell me a little bit more about the cards and kind of the process that you work with these cards.
0: Yeah. And I, and y- This leads in great, especially you mentioning the process by which it's not just about projection, though that's a huge part of it, that you see yourself in these cars, but they are coming to meet you with their own life. Um, so yeah, thanks for mentioning that as well said. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that leads to, um, a description of this process, which, uh, I've been honing for about a decade, the way that I work with clients with images. And I am just so happy to, to, to be sharing it in this capacity now. So with the, with, you know, and this goes with any tarot cards that you have at home, uh, is that there can be this process by which we begin the session with a question and something that you that there's a lot of energy behind for yourself in your life right now. And so we and just by wording that question sometimes it's half the battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and it helps to that's the total beginning of clarifying just to how you know what I'm feeling something what words do i need to use to to articulate God, what do i really want to know about my life right now <laughs> and once you can articulate that question boy that's you're already on the on the road you're already on your tarot journey there <laughs> just by wording that question um and so uh and then we approach the cards and we um flip over the cards and we you can choose anything depending on how much time you have from 3 to 6 cards And what's great about these cards, the story through stone reflection cards, is that there's no words on them at all. And I think that this is a rare thing with tarot cards. There's no
1: numbers. They are
0: just the image of the stone. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely just the image of the stone because this allows us to totally switch on the right brain. Um, Once we start to see symbols or numbers or letters, the left brain is working. But by, um, by looking at an image, our emotional, relational brain gets switched on more. Um, so that we're gonna be able to work with these images and then from what flows through, our impressions that we're getting from the images on the card, we'll be able to be more easily translated to that left brain later on as we articulate it. But first is the metaphor. First, is the image mm-hmm. and that's what these cards uh, afford us um, and so from what is to- uh, told with the cards is that we totally released that question that we just came up with and this is what's so funny it's a, <laughs> this is how that 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 terror journey really comes in like the fool thinks you know he or she is out to discover this certain thing now I'm on a journey because of this um, but as we often find through our experiences in life, we have to totally let go of the thing that we thought we had to seek after. And we have to undergo experiences that, whoa, that's, this is totally new. And, and that is encapsulated in this tarot process. So through the imagery, a story begins to unfold um, by looking at that imagery. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole process here, but that's the basic gist of how we approach it. Um, And then that story that comes through in the reading uh, becomes a metaphor for that question that was initially asked. And it almost always ties back in. It's pretty magical how it does it. I mean, I can't even explain uh, the fact that every reading I've ever done had an unexplainable insight or clarification for that person it's it's amazing how that has worked and this is what i'm so excited about with these cards actually is that i'm now giving these cards for free to anyone who sees me for an individual uh guidance session because uh i can teach this tool to that person to this client and then They may or may not ever need to see me again because they now have a lifelong tool so that whenever a big life question comes up, whenever there's a major life theme that needs to be explored, whenever there's a feeling that you're a fool on a new journey, that you can have this lifelong tool that you can sit down and do this with yourself or with a friend. You can have a friend be there to help you you know, keep yourself accountable um, to the, the story. Because sometimes, you know, we can spin into wishful thinking stories. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. you can have a friend that can ha- be there with you to keep it real. I'm just so excited that I can share this with people, with the world, that um, this is a tool that they can use on an ongoing basis. Me too. And I
1: think there's really, um, there's really a beauty um, of having these cards, which are essentially just these beautiful sort of matte black they're about the size of a playing card, maybe a little bit smaller.
0: Yes, and, um, a, and about the size of the stones uh, are about palm size. And so. they're,
1: uh, they're close to what the actual size of the stone is. Yes, is absolutely. Right? Yeah. So they're smaller cards. You can hold them in your hand. And they do contain you know, these um, almost abstract images, or at least a few of them seem abstract at first. So there is that, like you said, you've got to kind of turn part of your brain off. Whereas as opposed to working with... The the tarot, there are immediately recognizable things and highly, deeply symbolic. So it's as if, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the the tarot, you look at the card and you, you can work with those ubiquitous images and then you can research things and look into the symbology of the letter or the, you know, the number eight or this or that. They're very, very rich in a very distinct way with the tarot. But with, with these cards, they they bring you into the abstract and they kind of... They shave off part of that that intellect to let you go, I think, to a deeper, more subconscious level. And that's where a lot of the the, the power is is to it. And then I would imagine some people would be very challenged by it um, if they had to face it in that intellectual way. This basically, you skip that. You take that analysis, that deep psychoanalysis part, and you just have to let it go. And you, you work with whatever comes up and something for me, cause I've taken your workshops a number of times and obviously worked with you for a number of years, um, is that you really, really what benefits you the most working with these cards. And this is take away judgment. Don't judge. So I, I, Oh, it looks like a dog, but it looks like it's a witch that mm-hmm. let it be that let it know, know that that's the first thing that came up. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't judge what comes up. Work, Work with these images, because and for some people in the classes, they struggle to find anything in them, and that's that's not bad either. You're not mm-hmm. you're not directed to find anything specifically, but the process of working with it is really really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, like image or story are very loosely interpreted mm-hmm. in in these you know one-on-one sessions and in workshops an image could be a sensation in the body it could be a feeling of nothingness it could be all of those things um and yeah, people do feel that they bring in those pressures of or those feelings like, oh, she's saying I need to tell a story. That does that mean I need to be a good storyteller with a beginning, a middle, and an end with great character development? Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. Um, and we let go of that, and it can be like a dream. It can be a glimpse. It can be a sensation. So it, we, you know, we really loosely interpret that, and um, yeah, as you say, t- tune down the judgment and just allow. Whatever is there to be
1: so let's uh, just to get, paint the picture I think a little bit more for for the listeners is the process of doing would you call it a reading with a card or would you call it because it's not a reading per se is there some terminology that you use when you're working with a a client and say you've three cards or four cards take us maybe take us through that what would you call it and take us through a little bit of what that looks like, what's happening.
0: Yeah, that's, it's very interesting that you asked about that because I think as it evolves, it's becoming less of a tarot reading, um, which was a terminology I used before cause with, because I lacked any other. Sure there isn't <laughs> um, anything else. <laughs> it was very... But it, then it gets up to, into... It gets very tied to that... Um, those associations of fortune telling predicting and And, yeah. And, and I very much like to distinguish what we're doing here, which is more psychologically based than, you know, based in that fortune telling tradition. I really like the term reflection Mm. and that's why they're called reflection cards, not tarot cards. Um, and because what you're seeing in the face of the stone, in the face of the image, um, it's its own thing as we talked about earlier, its its own billion-year-old story, its own billion-year-old stone, and that may have an influence on you and an, and an impression on you. Maybe it's reflecting itself into you, but there's also that undeniably personal aspect that's going to be a part of that too, something that comes from your personal unconscious of, like, you see something very specific and that y- no one else may see that image. And so there is a reflection of you now in that interaction with the card. Um, so I'm calling them Story Through Stone Reflection Cards. I've called the, the sessions that I'm doing with individuals individual guidance sessions. Um, I like the word guide a lot, mm-hmm. that I'm I'm a person that's there to be with you on this journey inward. Um, And that's also led to uh, my motto, which I'm just so excited about, which is find your story within the story of stone. So we're both finding that story within ourselves, but then we're realizing we are ourselves in a world that is all connected. So we find our stories within ourselves, and in the story of stone, in the world, mm-hmm. uh, because these these stones go back one point three to one point seven billion years, and they've been um, dated by geologists at Stanford. Um, so I'm going to have those letters posted on the website here too, so you could take a look at that and and connect with the world that way. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's fantastic,
1: and I've always I've been a fan since. You know, I, I met you, and there truly is nothing else like it. And for me, I really I see the appeal of people who are attracted to learning more about the stories that happen throughout the, the tarot. You know, that you and I kind of referred to as a hero's journey. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a different journey, but what mm-hmm. people come to the tarot for, besides that sort of, like, first, I think, sort of cursory level of, you know, predict the future... But what we really are looking for, I think beyond that, is kind of like a deeper connection to the symbolic world, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of the deeper truths beyond that, you know, the ego level. It's something that I think is a deep call within a lot of people. And if you're attracted to the tarot, you know, beyond that kind of gypsy fortune telling kind of part of it, the superstitious part is, you know, we, we want to connect with the deeply symbolic. Um, and the fact that people I think are in it, the tarot has survived mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, <laughs> through mm-hmm. you know the the Spanish Inquisition and beyond yeah. is that it is it's valued at a deeper level by many people um, because of its strengths of its symbols and the way that we can kind of connect to it and then what you've produced is something that I think goes it's even more you know primordial <laughs> it's 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 something like it then it's If you've you've worked with the tarot and you're looking at things symbolically, you can go, I think, at an even deeper level with these reflection cards because you're not necessarily, you don't have to learn anything. You don't have to keep Mm -hmm. any sort of, uh, you know, relationships to what this is supposed to mean in your mind. You let go of that. And yet there is this nascent connection between (laughs) um, these cards that you've picked out and how at the same time they can also map. You know, one to one, and how you know you and I work together, and you've you've taken you because there's more than just these twenty-two stones. You have quite a few. That
0: yes, and um, what I'm hoping to do in the future. I mean, already these cards have been um, pretty popular with the people that I've uh, mentioned it to. Been selling them to clients and uh, students when I teach yoga therapy and so forth. And at the, the local yoga studio, uh, they're kicking off pretty good. But in the long term, I'm wanting to do a larger deck of maybe 50 cards, and it's actually returning to what my father had originally sought to do, which was to tell the story of the of the world with the images of the stones themselves. So you've got like the creation of the earth. Everything is very chaotic. So the more amorphous, uh, abstract images, you know, volcanic things going on in those earlier cards. And then you can go to the first cells uh, of life many, many (laughs) years after that creation of earth, of course. And then, you know, the first, uh, fish little creatures. Yeah. (laughs) Crawling out of the soup and the first mammals. And before that, the dinosaurs, of course, I have a dinosaur stone, And uh, all the way to the dawn of human beings. And uh, so it'll be, you know, we've explored in our podcasts in the past how uh, there's a story told through the major arcana. So this will be like another story told, but on a very big scale of Mm -hmm. um, the Earth's history. Uh, So I'm just really, really excited about pulling that together as well. Though there are parallels in this current deck to the Major Arcana. um, I haven't yet written a book yet that's going to parallel um, or talk about those tarot archetypes. Um, But that's definitely a future project. But what's great about these cards is that you don't actually need that right now. You can have these cards and begin that process that was described earlier in this program. You can do that right away and there's a little booklet that comes with the cards that will describe that process in detail so that you can do it for yourself. So they are already ready to go, ready to use, um, ready for many, many reflections.
1: And I think that's all you need and I think it would be fun for people who are interested in getting them is you know, the booklet just gives you your the process that you use mm-hmm. for yourself and your clients so you get that and then there's no numbers on these cards. You just start working with them. And so, if if, you know, you work with them in that way. And then there's a different method. You know, you can look at them as that major arcana. And maybe if you got them, you could figure out what you thought the major arcana was that exists in the cards.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I I do put them in order when you get them. So I know it'll be tempting to shuffle them right away. But (laughs) if you do get them, you can look and see, oh, the first one is the fool. And, you know, so if you are interested in that, there's a little secret order system there for you. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Shuffle them. Shuffle as soon as you get them. Design <laughs> for yourself what you think it
1: is. I'm just saying. You know me. I'm a troublemaker. Yeah. So. That's,
0: that's why we're doing a podcast together. For
1: sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, it's it's been terribly fun. I think both of us in this last eight months since our last... Um, podcast edition we've both been keeping very very busy with various projects you certainly you're getting these cards out in the world which i'm really happy about um and we have a project together which sorry we're not going to actually go into too much detail about but that we're really excited to be producing um something else for the world um based on the archetypal tarot podcast that we've done, and more, um, because I think we're, we're just at a stage in the process where um, you don't talk about it yet. so um, We're I'm, being
0: high priestesses beyond, behind the veil right I mean, now. Yeah, yeah. So
1: <laughs> you said, oh, do we want to talk about it and tell everyone um, we might have? You no. Know. Um, I think it's just best... <laughs> to keep it quiet but certainly
0: well I think it's nice for our audience to know that we're still here and that we're working together and we're doing our own archetypal projects in the world because you're also doing tell them a bit about what you've been up to
1: I am and I think um, maybe we'll do another podcast in a month or two about it I am acting as a producer for um, a gentleman named Jim Curtin and Jim is one of my most favorite people in the world and he is the person that I first learned sort of the, the skill and the methodology of really viewing films and movies archetypally of seeing those archetypes come alive on the screen and how to you know how to work with that and um, he is one of the main teachers at Carolyn Mace's. Um, Cmed Institute in Chicago, and um, when I did my training there, every night of the classes we would watch a film with Jim, and we would get the commentary, the play-by-play in the film of the both what was happening on the screen archetypally with the characters, and um, the different situations and the choices that we see the characters make and how they map to our own choices. Um, and just it brought things alive. And I knew from then I wanted to do it. And I have since taught um, archetypes and films. And um, since, since he's based in Los Angeles and he can't always get out to the rest of the world to teach with the film, we have created um, a self-guided audio workshop. Um, so cool yeah it's been some techie stuff trying to figure out how it can work because we can't sync it to the film like commentaries you know as dvd extras but we've finally gotten that together and actually ended up writing a really beautiful book a workbook to go with it and that'll be coming out fairly soon and the film we chose which i thought was a really good start is um, pixar's ratatouille so if anyone's seen that, it's it's a wonderful film and he's mapping it to the hero's journey and really talking about fate and destiny. What's the difference between fate and destiny and what are the choices related to that? So I'm really excited to be a core part of bringing that into the world. And um, information about that will be on the show notes as well as some pictures of the stones for... Um, your story, story through stone, and all the links. So, anybody who's had their interest piqued um, by anything that we've talked about today, um, the end of the show, I will announce the show notes and give you a web address to go to to find out more. And from there, there's lots of resources and images and things like that.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much yeah. for meeting me again for Absolutely. our podcast. This was great. I kind of miss this. Yeah, me too. Feels like. Uh, Very familiar and warm and cozy. It is. I love it. And
1: uh, one thing I want to make sure anybody who's enjoying these podcasts um, let us know. Feel free to make a comment on iTunes or to, you know, find us on Facebook or send us an email. You can email. Us um, with the address, That's also at the end of the show. And we love hearing from you. It's just, We really do. It's just such um, an inspiring thing to know that, you know, people listen to this podcast and they're getting something out of it. So if you have requests um, or anything you want to hear on the show, let us know. Um, we will, we hope to maybe every two to three months be producing a
0: new podcast
1: here. So keep those subscriptions
0: going. We've got a lot more to come. And we know you like the minor arcana, but it just, just sounds very exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were we doing? The major arcana for like two years?
1: It was almost two years to do the major arcana.
0: So, don't, don't,
1: make me, don't make me do it. You know what? Honestly, being kind of where I come from, I don't get that excited about the minor arcana. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they're rich and I think they're people can, can figure them out really easily. I mean, they're very, I don't know. I think they're, they're minor. I don't know. But I, think, minor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I well. could be wrong. I don't know, but I, I we have <laughs> talked about doing one show, just talking about the symbolisms of, you know, the pentacles and the wands um, and, and, and looking at that. And that, um, that is something we're still, that's still on our list of things to do. So. Excellent. Go ahead and email us and beg us. That's fine. Or, or that's threaten okay. us, whatever you need to do. <laughs>
0: give us an offer we can't tell refuse. me i've
1: got a bad attitude it's totally <laughs> fine <laughs> uh,
0: well thank you so much for joining us and we hope to talk to you soon
1: thank you for listening to this special edition of the archetypal tarot podcast for more information links photos and all the rest visit our show page at archetypist.com slash stone that's A-R-C-H-E-T Y P-I-S-T.com. com Stone, And a very special thanks to Kat Ticini and her bandmates from Wildcat Apollo for our new show theme music. You can find them on iTunes or on their website, wildcatapollo.com. Thanks for listening.